we're going. Hey. Hello, welcome back. Hi. We're back. We're back again. We missed you all last Dan, week. Daniel, back at it again with the podcast. That does So, uh, yeah, we weren't here last week and I apologize. I hate to not do a week. Don't you? Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like skipping a week. But, uh, but we're back now and better than ever. No, but no, you know, we're back. We're back. I was like, no, we got to do it. Week. Last week. Let me just give you. Oh, well, so welcome to Nona Knowns, the podcast. To I'm Carly. I'm Harry. Great. So let's get into this. So you have to be updated on our lives. Um, okay. I'll just give you a little rundown, a little one. We don't like to skip weeks of the podcast. Let me tell you, we, we don't like it. I think we we did it when Harry broke his body because, um, yeah, we weren't going to do that. We had no way to like set anything up for him to do it. He was laying down all day with the same clothes on for three weeks. Um, but I, I think it was Sunday because we were going to record and then I went to the hospital. I had to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And the plan was I wasn't feeling good, so we were going to just record on Monday. Right. But then I was in the hospital for a really long time. Look, I still even have the little mark, little well, bruising yeah. mark on my hand. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, then I was like, the next day I was like, I'm not doing it this week. Mm-hmm. And then I laid in bed yeah. all day. So that's why, you know, I'm I'm <laughs> okay. There's nothing. I'm not going to die. Uh, but yeah i'm still really i'm not i don't have anything i don't have covid or anything Uh, we both actually tested negative for that recently um we we did yeah i know you just did like a couple days ago yeah i know yeah but you know um you know i'm i'm making it i'm making it (laughs) What? Nothing, yeah. Why are you laughing at me? I'm going to make it through this. I know, you're good. You're doing great. If I start getting bad, I'll turn on the heating pad and put it on my stomach and then we'll keep going. Yeah. Yeah, my body is just trying to kill me. If you know me or listen to this podcast long enough, you'll, you know and you will learn that I, my body likes to murder me every other month um what nothing you're right. you know it's true yeah i know my body does not like me so yeah i was like i think i did two separate days but two days two nights in the hospital two evenings two evenings yeah you didn't spend the night you no were... i no they let me go but yeah it was bad. But the first hospital, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, God. It was disgusting. It was, like, dirty, dank. Like, I went in there and none of the lights were on. Just, like, one little, like, hallway light somewhere was on. And then they were like, oh, hi. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. It was just, like, one open, giant room with, like, a bunch of beds. Mm-hmm. Which, like... Like, it was just one giant room with a bunch of beds, and it was, like, really low ceilings. Like, we were in a basement, and there was no... We weren't in a basement, but there Mm -hmm. was, like, no windows, which, like, I guess is normal, but it was dark because they didn't have the lights on. Mm -hmm. 
None of the lights were on. Except for one flickering bare bulb. Yeah, there was. It was like one of them was just like kind of flickering on and off. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I went into the bathroom and it was disgusting. I was like, this is the nastiest bathroom. I've seen better gas station bathrooms. It was so bad. And let me tell you, I'm not that high maintenance. I've been to some crappy medical facilities because I don't have great insurance and I didn't have insurance for a while. So I was just going to cheap places, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm, I don't have super high standards, but I do want there to be lights and I do want it to be generally clean. I don't want to see a like layer of grime on the floor. And I, it was so bad. There was like a nurse they had to, like, call in the ultrasound lady to come in. Did I tell you that? No, you didn't. She wasn't there. Oh. They just had to, like, call her in, and she was she came in, like, an hour and a half later, and she goes, so there weren't rooms. The doctor just, like, sat on this really old computer, like, in the corner of the room. You could just see him and the nurse just sitting at, like, a like a table mm -hmm. it was so it was weird and they were she was like what do you want me to do and he goes take a ultrasound and she goes of what again like no one knew and he goes oh you know or kidneys um bladder w whatever <laughs> and she goes okay so like what do you want me to take an ultrasound up oh wow i it was it was rough the guy looked at me and was like he first he laughed when I told him about the pain I was in, and then he was like, um, "It's probably just period cramps," and I was like, "No, no, it's not." <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So like, he was the worst. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to it, but you know, it's whatever. <laughs> he was really mean. I almost just walked out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't, yeah. I mean, every time you, like, describe the space, it sounds, okay, it sound. it doesn't sound amazing to actually be in, I guess, when you have to be there, but it sounds kind of amazing. Yeah, it would be a great, like, haunted house location yeah, to be in a disgusting, because you said there was, like, a roach by the, by the vending machine yeah, out in the waiting room. And a dead, like, centipede. I think it was dead. It wasn't moving by in the waiting room, too. So that's my spooky Halloween story for this year. <laughs> I went to the scariest emergency room in the entire world. Oh, there was one other patient there, I must say. And she was in a bed uh, on the other end of the room. And she was under a blanket. And the whole time, she just kept, like, rolling back and forth and saying, Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> Ma'am, 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 ma'am. Like, <laughs> so that was happening as the lights were flickering and I saw like the dust on the floor just like blow in the non-existent wind through the, you know, um, not very well, I'm sure, insulated or whatever you want to call room. It was bad. I wanted to die. <laughs> I was already dying. And then the guy was like, well, you have a period coming up in like a week and a half, two weeks. It's probably just period cramps. And I'm like, well, no. No, it's not. It's not. I promise. And then guess what? It didn't end up being period cramps. It was actually more serious than that. <laughs> so rude. Then he said, okay, then you're pregnant. 
And I'm like, no. So the very first thing he did, which like is usual, they do the pregnancy test. Mm -hmm. But he was like, I need a, I want a pregnancy test done first before we do anything else. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you aren't going to start taking some blood or anything? Nothing? No, he just, and then he yelled across the room, what were the results of her pregnancy test? And the nurse was like, negative. And he goes, really? Are you sure? Yeah. It was bad. It was not good. No, like, I'm not pregnant. I, yeah, I'm not pregnant. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Anyway, that was my, yeah, so kind of a fun story. Yeah. <laughs> now that I get now, I <laughs> cried a lot while I was in there just because I was so scared. I was texting Harry. I'm like, they're going to kill me. <laughs> they're going to murder me. This place mm-hmm. is horrible. I should have just walked out. You should have came in and rescued me. You should have been like, Carly, your dad just died. We need to leave right now. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot to mention this at the time, but in the waiting room, they had like up, they had up on the wall, they still... They still had like, um, they still had like cover your mouth and like, you know, when you're coughing and sneezing, like those instructions from the swine flu epidemic. Oh, so like ten, <laughs> ten, ten year old like, uh, um, uh, you know, wash your hand instructions. Like uh, just like you know, like printed out pieces of paper in the like bulletin board thing. It's, uh, yeah, sounds about, sounds right. All the magazines were up to date. Yeah, you told me that. They were all, like, new magazines. Yeah. Why? I, read some, I don't like, understand. Good and, uh, My doctor stone. didn't wear his mask. He oh, wouldn't yeah. wear his mask. <laughs> he wore it the very first time he approached me, and then the next times when he was, like, all up close and personal, he decided not to wear one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, please, sir stop (laughs) i don't like you yeah (laughs) it's not good yeah the second hospital i went to was much nicer yeah busier but nicer they were nicer yeah they had a tv in the waiting room they had two tvs i watched the bachelorette I had a TV in my room. Cool. It was great. I watched uh, House Hunters International. Oh man. Yeah. I kind I, I kind of got. I, I enjoyed The Bachelorette a little bit. Not Should lie. we watch it? I, I I don't know about that, but like watch it I, like I, ironically. I got the appeal. I bet we would laugh and have a really good time. Yeah, I bet we would. Maybe that would be a spinoff podcast where we do a like <laughs> talking Bachelorette. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are several of those podcasts already but not one not one by us <laughs> <laughs> not yeah not one by us exactly we'd have a whole new take on that <laughs> i'm sure there yeah. are several ironic the bachelorette podcasts oh i'm sure we would not be the first just like we're not the first to do a podcast on this topic mm-hmm. i and feel like are... all podcasts are this topic specifically yeah and we are reaping the rewards every day uh-huh <laughs> yeah i almost skipped this week too because of, you know all week i've just been dying in bed and i'm like i can't do it i can't do it this week i'm not gonna be better and i'm just barely better enough does that make sense <laughs> just barely better enough to do this so honestly you guys should be lucky i love you so much 
Well, yeah, we're we're grateful, Carly. Yeah. You know what I want to do? I want to do an episode where people send in their own personal ghost stories and I read them. Mm -hmm. But the problem is whenever I call for people to email us or message us on social media, like one or two, like two, I'm going to say people do it. Mm -hmm. And I know looking at these numbers <laughs> that more than two people listen i know that there are many more people i have to say who listen to this podcast who are not contacting me when i ask them to <laughs> remember when we said we want hate mail didn't get any nothing i mean that's Shh. And then I ask you for specific stories. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. You are the worst group in the world. Like most podcasts have flooded emails. Not I. Not I. Known Unknowns <laughs> podcast at gmail.com gets only spam emails. We get like two solid listeners. Which I know there's more than two solid listeners. I know there's many more, like a lot more than just <coughs> two people. Harry, don't tell me when you're gonna cough so I can like. Sorry, I was just doing stop. that so we had to cut this part. Just what? Kidding. Nah. -uh. Stop mm. coughing into the microphone. Okay, I'll stop coughing. His cough always sounds like that, or worse, like it's not because he's sick. It always sounds like that. So I want you guys to send me ghost stories <laughs> so I can read them back to you. I need you all to send me one. Every single listener, I swear to freaking God, if you don't send me a not story. Every, not everyone has ghost stories that personally, nearly well, nobody I've does. Well, I've many people. Also, I've asked many questions that relate to uh, could relate to anyone and no one sends me things so i want every person who listens to this who has a ghost story knows someone who has a ghost story to tell me what this ghost story is or you're not getting any more podcasts from me all right everybody <laughs> this is the last episode of known unknowns um I will maybe we'll be doing a spin-off podcast where I watch The Bachelorette by myself. Um, but and I'm uh, making mine about soup because I bet those listeners will be more respectful. Just kidding. I actually like all my listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about this strategy for growing our fan base. Well, obviously being nice hasn't worked. Have we been that nice? We've done this a lot of times. <laughs> Nuh-uh. I tell them how much I love them all the time. They know how much I love them. I don't. I, I hope love they you. do. The title of this episode will be I Love You. Okay. I love you. To all the listeners, I love you. A love letter to the listeners. A love letter to the listeners. Okay. That's this is a love be. letter to the listeners. This is the story of a girl. Okay, so do you have anything new this Oof. week? Um, hmm. um, we have the Amy Coney Island uh, confirmation hearings that are speeding along. Speeding along. I don't have anything to talk about with that. Not um, me either. Just, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, there's things going on in... Oh, there's... With, like, uh, Canada and indigenous people protesting and stuff about um, that. Yeah. I mean, there's that's 
uh, they're always trying to like run pipelines through like sacred lands and stuff. Um, I don't remember the specifics of this incident. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else? Uh, I've been been listening to a podcast about birds. Yeah, you um, do. Um, and uh, baseball's happening. And we had pizza for dinner. We did have pizza for dinner. But it was like pesto and chicken pizza, not like was... pizza, cheese and pepperoni pizza, you know? I mean, there was cheese on it. It was a cauliflower crust. It was a Yeah, cauliflower... but it wasn't just cheese and pepperoni. Right. There was cheese on it, though, there yeah. Was, there was. Uh, I meant to put some Parmesan cheese on it, too. Next time, we have another cauliflower crust. Yep. Um, so anyway, I mentioned baseball. Um, yeah. And baseball is certainly happening. Um, I forget exactly what portion of baseball is happening. Um, I think the World Series is starting imminently. I think. Yeah, didn't they just do the uh, the games to determine the two? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Astros got eliminated. That's That's a good thing. Um, and then, yeah, I just really wanted the White Sox to go. Yeah, but they didn't. really sad. They did not go. How far did the Cubs get? Uh, about as far as the White Sox, I think. Let me. I'm looking at a bracket right now. The Cubs didn't make... Neither the Cubs nor the White Sox made it out of the first round. Of the, <sighs> that makes me sad. Well, yeah. maybe next year. The White round. Sox did good this year. And everyone says that they're really young. Like, the players on that team are really young. So they still have, like... Yeah, they got a they, they got, got a, a really good, you know. They got a great group of guys over there. They do. They have a great group of guys over there. Yeah. Uh, All right. So it's gonna be the Tampa Bay Rays against either the L.A. Dodgers or the. Um, yeah, whatever. I don't care the, about any of them. Might probably the Athletics. I think. I don't want if I don't care about Oakland any of them. A's. Anyway, I just, I just want a Chicago team to be in it. Yeah. Well, that can't happen, Carly. Okay, well, good fine. things don't happen. Yeah, that's just true. You should. Good know. things don't happen. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching a lot of. Uh, oh wait, you're going on to your topic now. No, you can talk about what are we gonna watch. A, what you've you been watching a lot of? No, uh, we've we've passed this section. We can always loop. We can always circle back. No, no, no. We are right, well, only on baseball. All right. Well, we'll talk about what you've been watching a lot of later. Okay. Um. So the yeah. Okay. So baseball is occurring. B-ball, baseball, wait, one... b-ball's basketball. Dang it. Uh, there's a lot right? of b-ball. I... You gotta... Well, because uh, the Fresh Prince song, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, shooting some b-ball outside of the school. Mm-hmm. And a couple of guys, they were up to no good. Yeah, so b-ball. B-ball's basketball. And then in the in the right. intro, they were playing basketball. So B-ball is basketball mm-hmm. in my brain. And we've talked about basketball a lot on this podcast. Uh, it might oh, as well yeah. be a bi- basketball podcast at this point. Wait, but did not, you say baseball or basketball? I said basketball, but this time we're talking about baseball. Yeah, but I really like basketball, so I think you should talk about basketball. All right, I'll talk. We'll, okay, this will be... I will just adapt the, what I'm talking about for basketball. So when you think basketball, there's no <laughs> sport more uh, superstitious or uh, no. with more notable curses than the game of basketball. No, talk about your baseball. So I'm gonna. I like baseball I'm too. Gonna start. I, I've got a couple of the well, the the two the two biggest 
curses in basketball. No, for say ba- no. He means baseball. We have the curse no, of the stop. bambino. No, no, no. Say say base. Say this all over again and use baseball. Okay, we're talking about baseball. <laughs> we're talking about a couple of a couple of cursed baseball teams. Yeah. First up, the curse of the bambino. Okay. So we have the Boston, the Boston Red Sox, that basketball team. Don't they suck? Uh, Is this the team that sucks? No, you said baseball. It's a basketball team. Do you mean baseball? I mean what I said. <laughs> I'm confused. Are you talking about baseball or basketball? <laughs> well, I was talking about baseball. Oh my God. Then you said you liked basketball better. You're confusing everyone and me. You need to talk. About baseball. Okay, we're talking about baseball. Is that what you're? No, stop. Are you talking about? Are you talking about baseball? Do you want me to talk about? Yes, baseball? I want you to talk about baseball. Okay, then I'll talk about baseball. Oh my god! All right, just start over. Part one. Oh god. The curse of the bambino. Okay. Continue. Uh, so I'm waiting. A curse afflicting the Boston Red Sox baseball team. Are they good? Uh, and they didn't make the playoffs this year, I don't think. So, okay, uh, so no. Yeah, no. Okay. They're not very good. Sorry to all of our listeners who like that team, but I don't like them now. Sure. Well, okay. So, well, they, they, they were at one point. An extremely successful team. They mm. won five of the first 15 World Series, including oh the first one. Rigged. <laughs> is that what it is? But then they were afflicted oh. with... The curse. The curse. The curse. The curse of the Bambino. The curse of the Bambino. And they would not win another one for 86 years. 86 years. Um, well, man. All right. So, um, Babe Ruth. A.K.A. the Bambino. Yeah, everyone knows him. Mm-hmm. He was, Wait, was he on that team? Uh, yeah, he oh, was shoot. like one of their star player. He was like the the star player on the team. Uh, he pitched for them for the in the nineteen sixteen and nineteen eighteen championships teams. Was League. he a pitcher? Uh, he did. He did a pitcher and did not pitcher. He had started off as like a pitcher and then he was like a position player slugger, but he also. He, he, yeah, I thought he was known for hitting hitting balls. Yeah, he was he was just a really good all around player. Oh shoot! Because um, was they he didn't... on steroids? Didn't they find out later he was on some kind of steroid? I don't think so. An equivalent to steroids. He, I mean, it was before sports base, enhancers. It was before baseball was integrated. So it, when it was all white people, so I mean, that's sort of the equivalent of. I mean, and yeah, all, all records from before the integration era ha- deserve like an asterisk by them. Why? Because it was only white people allowed to play. Oh, right. I thought you had. I thought that had something to do with steroids, and I'm like, before steroids were invented, I was very confused. <laughs> but right. yeah, Babe Ruth. He did. He he. Like, yeah, with pitched it. Okay, yeah. Okay, I'm getting it. He yeah. pitched and he he batted real well. So he, he best white guy. He best white guy. Okay. <laughs> he best white guy player. <laughs> Got it. Because wasn't there like um, a guy who was like better than him at the time too? 
Uh, I, have, I, I don't But he know. was like a black baseball player. I feel like I remember learning about him uh, in school. Uh, he had like better stats or something. I don't know that. But I, like, I don't, I don't. obviously not better stats because he didn't play in any kind of like. I don't know that game. much about baseball. It's not that oh. interesting to me. Okay. Well, I think there was someone else who was better than him even at the time. <laughs> probably. <laughs> anyway, continue. I don't know when the Negro Leagues became started being a thing. I don't know if that was entire. I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I don't know yeah, enough yeah. to correct you or even know if you're right or wrong. Why, so. why would you do that? Look at this. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. He slammed his name tag on the ground. I dropped it. You slammed it. Okay, just keep talking about baseball. Okay. So, Babe Ruth, star player for the team, but he, he led them to two championships. Uh, but before the 1920 season, he was sold by team owner Harry Frazee to the New York Yankees. Why? For $100,000 cash and a $300,000 loan. Whoa. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is this when he started doing good on the Yankees? Well, he was doing good before too. But, then, um, but like, when he when he moved to the Yankees, he like he stopped thrived. pitching and he like was just a. He was, this is when he got when his he, home run thing, was, right? Yeah, that's probably yeah. I think that's when he probably set his home run records and stuff. <laughs> Sucks for the other team. <laughs> well, I mean, they won like they won two World Series with him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so he did well for them, but like they were, he was, he was becoming more popular, and he wanted more money in his contract, and they didn't want to pay him more money. So okay, well, they that's sold stupid. him to the Yankees. Um, in part, did they pay him more money? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think so. they could afford to pay him more money. Well, uh, good. And uh, the legend is that uh, this. He sold them him to the Yankees also so that he could he could invest that money in a play. Um, my I think it was my female friends or my lady friends or something. A play? Yeah, like a Broadway <laughs> play that would get then go on to be made into the music like would be adapted into the musical No No Nanette. Does a, this thing did this happen? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I it, people say that that people say that's why he sold them to the Yankees and it might. It yeah. might be part of it. Might not. Cool. He wanted maybe it, it might have just been good that he didn't want to pay him more money for his contract, or he didn't want to pay him more money because he wanted to invest more money in plays. Yeah, that's know. cool. <laughs> anyway, it's kind of neat. So before that sale of 1920, the Yankees had not appeared in a World Series ever, <laughs> and in the ever. 84 years after that, they played in 39 <laughs> World Series. Oh my gosh. And won 26. Wow. But um, the Red Sox, as you know, fared differently. I don't know. When, whenever they would get close to winning another World Series championship, some unexpected roadblock or freak accident or inexplicable mistake would stop them in their tracks. Uh, many of these happening against the Yankees in, ga or in games against the Yankees or in cup. So sabotage. Right? Maybe. Or uh, supernatural sabotage. Yeah. I count that, too, as sabotage. Uh, uh, so, first notable incidents is in 1946. Okay. Um, game 7 of the World... I think it's their first World Series appearance after getting rid of Babe, the Bambino. 
His name is the Bambino? Yeah, it was a nickname of his. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> it means like the, the baby or the, the kid, the, the child baby. in Italian, I think. Bambino. Okay. Il Bambino. Bambino. Um, so game seven. Last the call all comes down to this. World Series against the St. Louis Cardinals. Hey. Boo. Oh, man. Uh, bottom of the eighth. Uh, game's tied three to three. First World Series since losing Ruth. I already said that. Cardinals Cardinals, Cardinals are batting. Their uh, player, Enos Slaughter. Enos Slaughter is on first. <laughs> Harry can't... Walker hits a double to short center field. Enos Slaughter disobeys the sign from his third base coach to stay at third and makes a break for home. No. And uh, Boston shortstop Johnny Pesky doesn't make the throw home in time. Um, some say he hesitated. Film is inconclusive. And the Cardinals take the lead and hold it to take the series. Cool. So, um, just a little weird little thing there. Uh, 1967... Two games left in the season. The Red Sox are going just need to win one of these last two games to clinch the pennant um, and go to the World Series. Okay. They They're don't. up against in those last two games. They're the rival, the New York Yankees. Yes. Um, and the Yankees win both, starting a streak where the Yankees would then go on to win a record five World Series in a row. Was that when Bambino was there? No, this was at, this is all this is happening after Oh no, 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 he wasn't with it. He retired by then. He wasn't playing. Oh, he retired anymore. by this time? Yeah, this that is this in is the happening? 60s. This is like 47 years after he was he left the Red Sox. What does this have to do with the curse of the Bambino? Well, the ever ever since they got rid of him, they sucked basically. Oh. Or they didn't they they didn't win another World Series for 86 years after winning a ton of them at the beginning. And they got oh, rid of him. Okay. I'm on the same page now. You got it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. It. Got it. Uh, in 1978, Boston built up, a f throughout the regular season, they built up a 14-game lead. They're 14 wins ahead of the next team wow. in, their, in the a American League East division um, by, like, July 18th. So, like, midway through the season, they're already that far ahead. Uh-huh. But then... The Yankees battled back, went on a tear, and tied them up by September 10th, getting into the fall, when they swept them in a four-game series against Boston, uh, known as the Boston Massacre to some fans. <laughs> oh <my God>. um, <laughs> okay. Um, that seems a little dramatic for a baseball So the Yankees game. take the division lead by three and a half games, but Boston battles back to tie their records at the end of the season, forcing a one-game playoff at Fenway Park, the Boston Red Sox stadium home field. Okay. In the seventh inning, Bucky Dent, shortstop for the Yankees, by no means a power hitter at all. He only hit uh, 40 home runs over the course of his 12-year career. Only. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's not that much. That's like three a season yeah yeah over you know and you play yeah, 162 games a year that's not very many okay i know but I, more than i can do batting from the bottom <laughs> of the order borrowing his teammate's bat hits a ball <laughs> that bounces off the top of the outfield wall and skips out of the park oh. for a three-run homer that carries the new york 
to victory. Okay, that actually makes me extremely happy that yeah, that happened to that, like, the underdog, you yeah, know? I, know? I don't care about this freaking curse. That's cool. Yeah, I know. That's so cute. So the thing about this is that the Red Sox and the Yankees are both pretty unlikable teams. Oh, that's nobody sad. likes Nobody likes Boston or New York. I mean, the Yankees, nobody likes because they were, like, after getting on the better end of this curse, they were, like, a super dominant team for a long time. And they're, like, the most popular team. They have the most money. So everyone hates them. Yeah, and the everyone Red Sox, knows about the Yankees. Yeah. And the Red Sox are just, I don't know, no Boston fans are not cool people. Yeah, no one cares about them. Anyway. 1986. Boston lead the World Series, three games to two over the New York Mets. So in the top of the 10th inning, they take a 5-3 to three lead. In the bottom of the 10th, when they're one out away from clinching the championship, and then just one strike, Bob Stanley throws a wild pitch that allows the Mets to tie up the game with two runs. Okay. Then Red Sox first baseman Bill Buckner allowed a ground ball to dribble in between his legs. Uh-oh. And the Mets win the game and tie up the series. Oh. Um, they'd go on in the next game. Boston would jump out to a 3 nothing lead, and then they, would, they collapsed again and lost to the Mets 8-5, to losing another World Series. Huh. Yeah. 2003, Red Sox playing the Yankees in the American League Championship Series. Game 7, Boston up 5-2 to in the 8th inning. Starting pitcher Pedro Martinez was beginning to show signs of fatigue, Uh-oh. but manager Grady Little decided to keep him on the mound. In quick succession, uh, the Yankees score three runs off the tired Martinez to tie the game. They'd take the win in extra innings. Oh. Um, so over the years, there were a series of attempts to break the curse of the Bambino. Um mm-hmm. One, 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 one thing they tried was digging up an old piano that Babe Ruth had supposedly pushed into a pond during a wild rat, uh, wild party in 1918. Why did he do that? It's <laughs> no a waste idea. of a perfectly good piano. I have no idea. Okay. I don't, I don't know like why, that. but they dug it up and thought maybe that would help. You gotta come a little closer. It didn't. <laughs> um, that someone... is so weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, okay. and someone uh, apparently placed a Red Sox hat at the summit of Mount Everest um, and also burned a Yankees hat at the bottom at, at base camp. That also didn't do okay. anything. Didn't help much. Burned. Yeah. Uh, they hired a professional <laughs> exorcist. Uh, Father, oh, my God. Are you serious? Father Guido Sarducci. Okay, uh, that's a good name. To purify... <laughs> Right? Father Guido. Guido Sarducci. Sarducci. Father, Father Guido Sarducci. Yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, the most Italian man in Boston. I was going to say, yeah, he seems very Italian. He probably has a really good accent, <laughs> good dialect there. Yeah. I I think he's from Boston. I don't know if he is. I sure. really hope so. I, in, that's in so case, funny. He's like hearing his combination Italian Boston accent. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Wild. Wild, Wild. stuff. Uh, where was I? Um, they, someone graffitied reverse. There was a, a, a reverse curve street sign in Boston near Fenway, and someone graffitied it to, revi- reverse, to re- curse? reverse the curse, uh. um, which then authorities allowed to stay 
until shortly after the curse ended up being broken. Um, <laughs> what? And a former player at one point suggested exhuming Babe Ruth and bringing his body to Fenway to be given a formal apology. No. <laughs> you don't think that's a good idea? No, leave him to rest. <laughs> okay. Well, Why? Did they yeah, do that? No, they never did Okay, that. that's good. I, I'm I think glad. It was, I think he was joking. I, I hope. In 2004, anyway, the title drought finally ended, uh, 86 years after the last World Series win in 1918. The Red Sox battled back from a three to nothing, um, a three to zero, three game to no wins um, World Series deficit to beat the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, the first team to ever do that um, win from a three game deficit um, off a two run homer in the twelfth inning by David Ortiz. Uh, the final out, of, the final out of that series was made by Cardinal, Cardinals shortstop. Edgar Renteria, who was wearing number three, which also happened to be Babe Ruth's number. E. Anyway, so what broke the curse, you yeah, ask? Yeah, I want to know. So some cite an ad starring baseball player and current MAGA shithead, Kurt Schilling, um, just after he was traded to the Red Sox, where he's hitchhiking across the country. Um, and then when he gets in a Ford F-150, Ford F-150. <laughs> F-150. Ford F-150. Uh, heading toward Boston, he says, I've got an 86-year-old curse to break. Like, that's so dumb. <laughs> it is very dumb. Uh, others think it was related to a, uh, a comedy curse-breaking ceremony uh, done by Jimmy Buffett and his warm-up uh, act. No. Where he had one performer dressed as Babe Ruth and another as like a witch doctor that he like did at a September 2004 concert at Fenway Park. So they think Jimmy Buffett did <laughs> Jimmy it? Jimmy Buffett broke the curse. I think that the curse actually ended on August 31st or 2004. Okay. Uh, we're in a home game at Fenway. Um, Boston batter Manny Ramirez hit a foul ball into Section 9, Box 95, Row AA, where it struck 16-year-old Lee Gavin in the face and knocked out his two front teeth. Oh. <gasps> um, so Lee's favorite player was Manny Ramirez, um, and he lived... The one who hit the ball? Yeah. <gasps> oh, that's actually really cute. <laughs> I know. And... and uh, Lee Gavin uh, lived on the Sudbury, Massachusetts farm that had been owned by Babe Ruth when he played for Boston. Um, then, on that same day, the Yankees suffered their worst loss ever, uh, losing 22 to nothing against the Cleveland baseball team. Oh my team. god, that's actually, yeah, a terrible loss. <laughs> 22 to nothing. That's really yeah. sad. I know. So I, th- I, think that's, I think that's what done it. I think so too. Anyway, so that's the the Bambino. That's the bot, the curse of the Bambino. Oh, um, okay. I don't know. Baseball's cool. boring. Um, but Is that we're all talking you got? About, no, I'm talking about the curse of the Billy oh. Goat as well. <laughs> is this the second one? Yeah. This is the last one. Yeah, this is my yeah my last okay. thing. Okay, curse of the Billy Goat. Yeah. So then this is baseball related. Another too? baseball one. Okay. There's an even longer World Series drought, of course. The sh- the Chicago Cubs. Who went 108 years from 1908 to 2016? Yeah, without winning the World Series. Our first year in Chicago. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it was our first like. Yeah. Oh my God! Like month or two in Chicago too, right? First yeah, few months was, in mm-hmm. Chicago. It was. Yeah, I remember. It was 
wild. Everyone <laughs> was. was out on the streets screaming at like 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, as you could guess, a curse played into this one as well. Yes. During the 1945 World Series, uh, the Cubs were playing game four at home against the Detroit Tigers. Um, owner of the Billy Goat Tavern, uh, William Cianis, bought two tickets to the game. Uh-oh. One for himself and one for his goat. No way. Yeah. Are you serious right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was apparently allowed, he and the goat were both allowed into the stadium, apparently. What? Uh, but at some point... He wanted to like this goat. He wanted to bring it to the game. <laughs> you know, at least he bought a ticket for his goat, and yeah. he didn't just say, "Hey, can I bring my goat inside?" <laughs> yeah. Well, but unfortunately, some other fans uh, were annoyed by the goat. Okay. And they were both Rude. asked to leave. <gasps> oh. I This Sienna. makes so much sense now. Yeah, he he oh. allegedly declared on his way out. Uh, Good. Them Cubs, they ain't gonna win no more. No, they ain't. Um, you don't kick a man and his paid-for ticketed goat <laughs> out of a stadium. So, he he might have said that. He might have said something like, "The Cubs will never. They're old. They're old. They'll never win another World Series game at Wrigley Field." Or his the Cianis family claims that he sent a telegram to Cubs owner Philip K. Wrigley, which read. You are going to lose this World Series, and you are never going to win another World Series again. You are never going to win a World Series again because you insulted my goat. <laughs> yeah, why the heck would you do that? How much were they bothering people? I don't know. That'd be know. so cool if I saw a goat at a baseball game. <laughs> I know. It would be cool. He paid for his goat to be there. Mm -hmm. Let the man be. I know. Let the man be. <laughs> Let the goat come in. Oh, I'm glad the Cubs lost for 109 <laughs> years, bitch. I'm pissed at those people that kicked him out. I'm pissed at the people who complained about the goat. Yeah. Well, yeah. So after that, there were there were many occasions where the Cubs like went into the postseason strong, and then just fell apart before Good. they made it to the World Series. Um, one of these occasions was in 2003, um, the National Le League Championship Series. The Cubs were up three games to two. Um, they were leading game six, three to nothing, going into the eighth inning. Um, and then uh, someone on the uh, opposing team hit a, hit a foul ball. And a Cubs fan, or actually you have several fans, but one of them is known, uh, Steve Bartman, um, reached out for the foul ball that was falling near the fence and deflected it yeah. and disrupted a potential catch mm -hmm. by Cubs fielder Moises Alou. Um, which would have been, I mean, he get he, he got a lot of like shit for that, which he didn't deserve because a, he wasn't the only person reaching for the ball. It's not like, an it's uncommon not like thing. an uncommon thing. And no. it would, it wasn't like the last out of the game or anything. It was the, it was these. It was going to be the second out of that inning. It was a foul ball, um, so it wasn't like it wasn't like he didn't make it a home run or anything. Yeah. Um, and they were still up. It wasn't like game seven and it was tied or anything. After that, the Cubs allowed like eight runs 
by the oh, Marlins. Yeah, that would, yeah. Um, and then they like fell apart in the next games too, and the Marlins came back and beat them. Sounds like that's the reason. So people call it the first. That that was the first domino in that like that falling apart. I don't know. Um, in okay. 1969, uh, during a critical game for the, uh, again, for the NLCS, a black cat walked across the field oh my God, yes. between Cubs captain Ron Santo in the dugout as he was preparing to bat. Yes, yes, yes. Which yes. also precipitated their downfall. Um, well, black cats are good, not good luck. Yeah, I know. So that's that reason. It's not because of this curse. Okay. And then... No, actually, I'm going to say it's because of the curse, but black cats get a bad rap. They're cute. So yeah. I like cats. But black yeah. cats are cute. So it was the curse, not the cat. Don't well, blame mean, the cat. Well, I mean, the the curse is what made the cat go there. The okay. curse is what brought the cat. The curse is what brought the cursed cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. And so remember... So... so re- yeah. Remember when the Red Sox lost the World Series because Bill Buckner let a ball go through his legs? Yeah. So before he was traded to the Red Sox, he had played for the Cubs for seven seasons. Did he do this with the Cubs too? So he's just a shitty baseball player. <laughs> well, so he he apparently, I don't think, did anything similar with the Cubs. But later analysis of the photograph of him doing of him missing that ball with the Red Sox revealed that under his glove he was wearing a Cubs batting glove. Oh. Oh. When he committed the error. Oh. The curses are blending. The curses are blending. <laughs> this is good. This is good. Um so I mean most of most of them I don't know, most of the those are like the most interesting instances of cursed things happening. Um, most of it's just, they were, they were doing good and then they stopped doing good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Doing good and then they weren't, so they lost. Um, anyway, (laughs) but, uh, there were the, there were also with the Cubs, many attempts to break the curse. Um, so prior to his death, um, on October 22nd, 1970, that's when he died. Uh, William Cianis himself attempted to lift the curse. He went, he went back to Wrigley Field. Who, the goat guy? Yeah, the goat guy and declared that the curse was lifted but can't do that. Was, yeah, he, the he can't. goat is the one who set this curse. Yeah, probably. So, why would he do that? Why well, would why he owned Why the would goat. he care? And no, yeah. why would this guy oh, yeah. go back and take his curse back? He can't do that. Yeah, you're right. First of all, he upset his goat. That's why the curse happened. They <laughs> well, upset his goat. I know. The goat was upset. The mm-hmm. goat needs to forgive them, but now the goat is dead. I'm just mad they kicked this freaking goat out of there. I'm just <laughs> um, and his, his nephew Sam Sienis also went to Wrigley Field many multiple times. Uh, bring he also brought a goat with him on those occasions but not to try the same and lift goat. the curse. Not the same um, goat. <laughs> you insulted the goat. I know. I'm just mad. Uh, in 2003, um, which was the Chinese zodiac's year of the goat, um, <laughs> a group of <laughs> a group of Cubs fans <laughs> headed to Houston. Uh, what? Year of the goat. Year of the goat. With a, they, the, the Cubs fans brought a Billy Goat <laughs> named Virgil Homer um, oh, and attempt, attempted to gain entrance to Minute Maid Park, where the Houston Astros played. Did they say no? Uh, they did oh, say no. They no. Were, uh, after they were denied entrance, uh, the Cubs fans unfurled a scroll, read a verse, and proclaimed that they were reversing the curse. 
That's not how that works. No, you can't force it. You know, you upset the goat and now the goat has cursed you. (laughs) Do they not get that? They can't reverse the curse. Yeah, I know. Uh, So on February 26th, 2004, at the Harry Carey restaurant in downtown Chicago, uh, the Bartman baseball, the one that Steve Bartman deflected, um, was electrocuted in an attempt to to break the curse. What? Leaving nothing but a heap of string behind. That's ridiculous. That's actually really stupid, but okay. <laughs> well, it sounds kind of fun to me. That's stupid. You don't think electrocuting a baseball is a fun thing to do? Well, that's just, that was a fun ball to have. Well, he didn't get it. He didn't actually get the ball. No, I know. It was like in that restaurant, right? Probably. Yeah, probably. I don't know where they got it. Yeah, so it was like a cool, like, hey, this happened. Yeah. This started this. Well, cur- you know. Why the heck would they electrocute that? And well, now they have the pile of, They like, do? Ash, I don't know. Probably, I don't know. I should have looked that up. I didn't. I didn't expect you so much pushback on that one. Well, I think it's stupid. It is. I mean, have yeah, you been to the Harry Carey's restaurant? All of this is stupid, Carly. Have you been to the Harry Carey's restaurant? Uh, no, not that one. I have. Oh yeah. Yeah, I have. Wait, have I? Wait, uh, I don't remember. I don't know which. There are multiple Harry Carey's locations. I went to the one in like navy pier i think i've been to the one at navy pier too oh is this not the same one i think it's a different one there's multiple harry carries in chicago mm-hmm. is that what that you said one. yeah there's one in like river north i'm thinking that's the one where oh, this was i've never been to the one in river north i think and i've been to one in the suburbs as well um, oh well that doesn't even count yeah, that's I not know, in that's chicago a... anyway uh in 2008 a greek orthodox priest sought to end the curse during the 2008 <laughs> playoffs with um, with a spray bottle of holy water, um, <laughs> that or he sprayed holy water in and around the Cubs dugout to no avail. Um, well, yeah. On September twenty second, twenty fifteen, Patrick Bertoletti, Tim Brown, Takeru Kobayashi, Kevin Strahl, and Bob Shout consumed a forty pound goat in thirteen <gasps> minutes and twenty two seconds at Taco in a Bag in Chicago. I freaking love taco in a bag. Yeah, it's a good place. It's, it's a, good a great place. What year was this? 2015. Oh, I love taco in a bag, you guys. <laughs> Support taco in a bag. Oh, yeah, he's good. like a little local restaurant. Mm-hmm. He started out as a food truck. Now he has his own like restaurant, and he's oh, yeah, it's a fun place to go. God, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> can't can't tell you enough okay but finally the curse was declared broken for the last time when the cubs they ate a goat yeah that's ridiculous that no they ate a 40 pound goat in 13 minutes and 22 seconds yeah i don't care guys so that's not that impressive one two three four you don't eat the goat no you don't eat a goat when a goat is the one who started the curse (laughs) what do people think that th- well, they no. tried appeasing the goats. They tried bringing goats to the stadium and letting them be at the games and stuff, and it didn't work. So they were like, all right, goat, fuck you, we're going to eat you now. Well, I disagree with this. I don't think they should eat a goat. But anyway, so the Cubs it finally clinched the National League Championship to advance, made it to their first World Series in 71 years on October 22nd, 2016, on the 46th anniversary of William Sianis' death. And then they went on to win the World Series in Game 7 in the 10th, 11th inning. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't watch I any of that. Yeah, I watched I watched the last game, or at least part of it. 
Yeah, well, I think once it went into extra innings, I started We were together when this happened. Yeah. We didn't watch this. Maybe we weren't watch. Maybe we weren't together at the time. Yes, we were. I, I def. I watched it. I. Re- you you were in my apartment. No, I wasn't. I was in my apartment. No, you were in I, my I apartment. I was watching it with my roommates. No. Yeah, because I was in my apartment when like everyone started going crazy and stuff. Then you came over to my apartment, right? Yeah, I came over. Yeah, we got together later, but like after it. But no, when it, after the game we got together, but I watched it at my apartment. I think you watched it too. Okay. I think, or at least Did it I was Did I watch like, it in your apartment? No. I don't know if, I think you watched it in your apartment, or at least like your roommate did, or it was on or something. You <laughs> my roommate did not watch that. I don't know, maybe no you did way. watch it. I, I don't, don't, I didn't watch okay. it. I watched it. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what broke the curse, care. but it, it broke. They think it's because they ate a goat. And no, that makes that me was, really sad. No, that's not what... That was, that was a year before they... Yeah, well, in, they think that's what broke the curse. No, I... I well, no. I don't know what broke the curse. That, that, that was to help them in the 2015 playoffs. Oh, and it didn't. And Good. it didn't. Yeah. So doing nothing I really guess, helped, yeah, huh? Yeah, I don't, I don't think they did anything special in 2016, really. Maybe the goat was like, please oh, stop. No. On October 7th, 2016, the owners of the Chicago Diner, a local vegetarian eatery near Wrigley Field, teamed up with Farm Sanctuary to try to reverse the curse of the billy goat by displaying posters in the windows at their locations. The posters feature a goat named Peanut who urges Chicagoans (gasps) to reverse the curse by going meat-free. By going meat-free? Oh my gosh! So that's that's what So it was the opposite of eating a goat! That's that's the last thing that they have listed on Wikipedia. (laughs) So it was the opposite of eating or a goat, Harry. Or maybe it was Harry. just that game seven. Shh, shh, shh. It was, was the opposite of eating a goat. Okay. I just thought it was cute that it, they went, uh, they advanced to the World Series on the 46th anniversary of the guy's death. Cute? Is that um, what you just said? I, I mean, sort of, it was notable. That's sorry. Notable? Yeah. I don't know. Aw. That was a cute story. Okay, that's the end. That's all the baseball. It's all the baseball I can handle. All the police ball. Yeah. I'm going to stop this real quick because I need water. Yeah, me too. All right, we got water. We're back. And I'm going to talk about my story now. Mm. So, this is actually Chicago related too. So, I'm glad you ended on the Chicago Cubs. Me too. Yeah. So, but it's not baseball related. Oh, good. So, I'm going to do two ghost stories of the Graceland Cemetery in Chicago. Oh. One of the most haunted uh, cemeteries in Chicago. Ooh. And the coolest ones, if you ever... It's okay. huge and beautiful, and it's cool. It is. It's a good place to go. It is a good place to go. Um, so places I got information from, it's uh, patch.com, uh, mysterioushicago.com, which is the blog of um, Adam Selzer, okay. the guy who does the Lincoln Park Ghost tours and is on like the history channel and other another tv the travel he has a show on the travel channel or something in the history channel and then he has been on the history channel he had a show on the travel channel anyway he does a lot of chicago um ghost tours around the Mm -hmm. city um so he wrote and and has a lot of books he's a good researcher so he wrote about one of these stories and then i have uh something from findagrave.com okay already 
Okay. So, um, a popular destination since it opened in 1860. Damn, that's old. Yeah. The Graceland Cemetery in the uptown neighborhood of Chicago has been has seen even more visitors in 2020 during the coronavirus pandemic. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? So this is just an intro like this is just a little bit about it. So uh, management told the Chicago Tribune that daily visits have gone from 40 to 50 per day to 200 to 300 per day since March. Wow. Because people want to go on walks. <laughs> Not because so many people are dying. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. We didn't see... We were there the other day. We didn't, we didn't see, see very many fresh graves. It was just people, like, walking around. I think it's just for how like, Yeah, I think how it's just a good it place to walk around outside. Um, so this is interesting. So not really, but for us at least. <laughs> after... I didn't know this. After being closed for a month following a summer storm that brought down hundreds of trees, some graves, and monuments, that's why some of the stones were just demolished. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago's Graceland Cemetery reopened September 9th. Wait. Yeah, September 9th. Oh, okay. Yeah. In all, nearly $250,000 in damage was done during the derecho storm that included 130 mile per hour wind gusts. That's crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't even think about. That's why a bunch of stuff was like down. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I I saw a thing the other day about, or I think today, actually, about how that derecho storm was, like, the big, the most damaging, like, thunderstorm event in, like, American history. Really? Yeah. Like, in terms of, like, dollars of damage caused. Yeah, there was a ton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, So there are lots of reasons why Graceland Cemetery has been uh, popular for the past 160 years. Okay. So many enjoy the countless trees, especially during the fall months, as the pretty colors um, at the certified arboretum pop up. It's it's very pretty. It is really pretty. I didn't. Well, yeah, we just found out that it was like a certified arboretum. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we've read the sign at the cemetery. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm, yeah, me neither. It's beautiful. Like, the landscape, the trees are, like, really pretty. They got a lot of good trees there. Yeah, it was really pretty. We just went not too long ago, and it was really pretty. A reflecting lake, along with unique art, architecture, and landscaping, which is very true, are also highlights throughout the cemetery's 121 acres. Big place. It's a big cemetery. Big, yeah. So if you hear paper rustling, it's because I had to print out my story, and I will for the foreseeable future. My computer is very broken. Um, <laughs> the, the top half is like falling off of the bottom half. So I can't really hold it. It just needs to sit still and yeah. be like kind of propped up. Yeah. Stay still. So I'm just not going to touch it. I'm just going to leave it on the table while it's recording. <laughs> okay, good. <sighs> okay. So the first um, one I'm going to talk about. So each one is linked to like a to, like a grave or a tombstone, not really, but like a grave site. Okay. Um, of gotcha. a person. So the first one is the Eternal Silence. Oh man. Yeah, That's we spooky. saw that one. It's spooky. Yeah, so it's like this green, but it was uh bronze, right? Bronze. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like green now. This guy in like a sheet, like a hooded um 
guy. <laughs> a <laughs> like, cloaked figure. A cloaked figure is like he has one uh, arm up above like his nose kind of. Mm-hmm. And then like it's covering like all of his face. But the face is still black or whatever. And then the background is um, granite. So it stayed black. Like, yeah, all black. So it's all black with like this green. It's really creepy. It's really big. Like it's really large. It's like this large man hovering over you in a cloak. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. It is. It's um, cool. Yes. So this bronze sculpture with a black granite backdrop at Graceland Cemetery was created by American sculptor Laredo, Laredo Taft. In 1909, the statue stands at the tomb of Dexter Graves, 1789 to 1844, and his family. So it's above Dexter Graves, uh, Dexter Graves' burial site. Okay. But it's like for his whole fa- his whole family's buried, like in that little plot. Uh huh. Um. So. Was it wait? When did he die? 1844. Oh, it's before the cemetery was a thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe so, maybe he was there first, and since his name was Graves, they decided that it was a good place to put more graves. Maybe no, they just put I'll a explain. sign. I'll explain. I'll explain. Graves. Okay. No, I'll explain. I'll explain. All right, fine. I'll explain. So even official documents from the U.S. Department of the Interior describe it as eerie. Describe the that specific statue is eerie. It is eerie. So, uh, so is the so. Wait, hang on. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So iconic is the image that in uh, 1968, Clay's Oldenburg even drew up a proposal for a skyscraper on Michigan Avenue that would like look just like it. <laughs> so that giant. They should like have done that. Like a skyscraper that. that looks like him. They should have done that. That's cool. That no. would be so creepy. Okay, so there are some legends and lore um, about this statue because it's so... Oh my god, I tried to put it is so darn creepy, but I put it is sip dan creepy. <laughs> it is sip dan creepy. It's sip dan creaky. Creepy. Sip dan creaky. <laughs> Damn creaky, um, but it's not that good. The folklore and the—I mean, it's lame. I'll share it with you, but it's not cool. <laughs> okay. um, all of it's really easily debunkable. Is that a word? I wrote that in there myself. Debunkable. Okay. Actually, I wrote all of this. So I think Wham! I think the creepiest thing about this is that his his last name was Graves. Yeah. And then he died. No, I have more to the story. It's interesting. It's it's not about really the ghost story or the. I'll get into it. Uh, some say that you can't take a focused photograph of it. I've seen focused photographs Exactly. Of it. That's why it's easily debunkable. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that was made before phone cameras and good cameras were a thing. Right. So, you know. And then others say that if you look into its face, you will see your own death play in your mind. Huh, I Which, don't... like, didn't happen because I looked into its eyes. So, like, pretty Maybe cool you... theory, but, like, easily debunkable. Who has experienced that? Yeah. Well, maybe we're just never going to die. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, maybe that's what that means. So, those are the only two, like, theories. I know people leave, um, like, coins and stuff there mm-hmm. to, like, you know, for good luck or so you don't see your own death in your dreams and stuff. 
Um, I know that. Sorry. Well, Mr. Graves doesn't haunt you. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So that you don't get your own, you, know, you don't turn into a, a Mr. Graves. So those are kind of lame, but um, I find this story interesting. So the main thing about it is the creepy, it, it's creepy looking. So of course it's like, oh, don't look into its eyes. Like you'll see your death or you can't take a photo of it. Like whatever. But I actually found this because the guy, Adam, whatever, Adam Selzer, yeah. dug into, like, the history of the of the family. Mm-hmm. And it's actually kind of an interesting uh, conspiracy theory. That, uh, so, um, the backstory to this strange sculpture is kind of a mystery or conspiracy theory on its own. That's okay. what I wrote. Cool. I wrote that because <laughs> I wrote this. You saw me typing it. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You saw me typing this. I, I mean, I copy and pasted stuff, and then I went back and I typed it all in my own words like a good person. Okay. Anyway, so let's get into that. Wait, no, I skipped ahead. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. First, I have to mention that a lot of what is published about the history of this is inaccurate. Oh. So about, like, the ba- the history, the background of this. Someone's so, hiding the truth. let's get into that. Okay. As I said before, nearly every article about the statue says that it was commissioned by Henry Graves, which is true. But it says Henry Graves, Dexter Graves' son, in 1909. But since Henry Graves had been dead for two years by then, it was Henry's cousin, okay. also named Henry Graves. Oh, it was a different Henry Graves. Yeah, so a different Henry Graves in the family. Gotcha commissioned it in 1909 gotcha. um, who was one of the two executors of the state mm-hmm. i don't know what that means um also not necessarily inaccurate but it's not often mentioned in published articles that dexter and a few of, of the other family members died over a decade before the cemetery was even founded yeah yeah so they were originally uh buried in the city cemetery where lincoln park is now Gotcha. So they were in that cemetery. I see. Yeah, which isn't a cemetery anymore. Um, also, the name of the creepy statue mm-hmm. is debated because sometimes it's called the Statue of Death. And most sources say it's officially called Eternal Silence. However, early catalog entries from art exhibitions where casts of it were displayed called it the Eternal Silence. Oh, okay. So it's either eternal silence or the eternal silence. Yeah. Since they likely got the information from the from Lorado Taft himself from the catalogs, the proper name is probably the eternal silence. But most people call it eternal silence. Well, I mean, it has stuff engraved on the back of it. Yeah, that we I read. have it. I, I don't. Is that? I have it. In was here. that done later, or is that not accurate? It didn't say eternal silence on the back. Yeah, it did. Probably said the eternal silence. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I was don't trying know, to remember which one it said. If it, if it had the or not. It's in here. So let's get into who who was Dexter Graves. This is where it gets. This is where all the wonkiness happens. Kind of. Okay. It's not too interest. I think it's kind of interesting. He was so, one of the. So Dexter Graves was one of the earliest settlers in Chicago. That's what I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. Setting up a hotel known as the Mansion Hotel in the Loop, uh-huh. which it was the site of the first professional theatrical performance in the city. Uh-huh. Um, 
some some consider it some consider it the first professional like <laughs> okay. i mean like that's where it's like noted but then other people are like no nah, that what do you how do you how do you uh, define professional kind of like deal you know right. but like yeah, yeah one of the yeah so his son henry was 10 years old when they moved to town moved to chicago mm-hmm. in the early 1830s around the time dexter died in 1844 uh, Henry built a cottage for himself on the 31st Street, on 31st Street near Cottage Grove, and it was him who named it Cottage Grove. Okay. At the time when that would have been a uh, little more than dunes on the beach. Cool. Which is interesting. Um, so around the time Dexter, wait, no, 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 no. By 1905, Henry was being advertised. So Dexter's son, not the, cu- not, the, not the, not the cousin. Yeah. So uh, Dexter's son, Henry, was being advertised as the oldest Chicagoan. Mm-hmm. Though there was a few other contenders, it is quite likely that no one else still in the city had been in town longer than he had. I see. It's interesting. When he died in 1907, which sounds like he died kind of young if he died. Oh, wait. Uh, no. He no, was, no. Yeah, he lived for a while. Yeah, he was yeah. like, well, he was 10 in 1830, whatever. Yeah. 1830-something. So, yeah, yeah he, he lived, lived a like good 80. while. Yeah. yeah. When he died in 1907, his will contained the provisions. Wait. So, am is this talking about? Wait, this could have been talking about what? Okay. Let me just read this. It gets kind of confusing because there's two names. Anyway. Yeah. uh, His will contained the provisions for the new plot at Graceland, which means he would have commissioned it. Um, Yeah, I don't know who's who in this. (laughs) Anyway. um, But reading the will raises more questions than it answers. Okay. Ready? The will did not call for a statue but a fairly a family mausoleum that would be built at a cost of $250,000 in 1907 so several million in today's money so a giant mausoleum right for his family got it elsewhere in the will a portion that attracted a lot more press he also set aside $50,000 for a monument to Ike Cook a racehorse that he may or may not have had, uh, <laughs> who broke a record with a two-minute, 30-second mile. Okay. So either he had it or he lied about having this horse. I don't know. Okay. The mon- but he, he wanted a monument to the horse. Yeah. The monument was to stand in Washington Park and would feature a bronze statue of Ike Cook plus a drinking fountain for horses. <laughs> so those are those are what he wrote in his will. Okay. That he wanted. Got it. He wanted a mausoleum for the cemetery, and he wanted a monument for his horse. A, ma- a mausoleum that would have cost probably like $3 million, right. which would be a huge mausoleum right. <laughs> for his family. Yeah. And then a very expensive uh, statue of his horse, right. monument of his uh, horse. Let me get, he, got, he, got a, he got a monument for his family and mausoleum for his horse? No. No. Okay. So... The task of designing uh, the horse monument was given to Charles Mulligan, and the plan even survived a legal challenge over whether the gift to the city was taxable or not. And a photo of a model for it was even published in newspapers. However, the statue never came about. They never built the statue. So where did the money go? Oh, just 
more Chicago politics. Um, so in about uh, two, so in two years between Graves' death and the actual construction of Eternal Silence statue, okay, plans obviously changed. Is what I have because, okay. like, he wanted a mausole- mausoleum. Right. And a statue of a horse in a park. Mm-hmm. But in the... Yeah. But, so why would he want this random uh, cloaked man? Like, it yeah. just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So even when the will was admitted to probate, is that how you say that? Mm-hmm. In 1907, newspaper articles now describe the plot as a monument, which would include a plaque reading... Um, Quote, donated and erected by Henry Graves, born August 9th, 1821, died October 8th, 1907, son of Dexter, who brought the first colony to Chicago, consisting of 13 families, arrived July 15th, 1831 on the Schooner Telegraph. Okay. Yeah, got it. So eventually, sculptor Lorado Taft was brought on board to build the monument, which... The monument to go in the grave. <laughs> right. <laughs> to go in the cemetery that he didn't want. Yeah. I, like, there's no... Okay. <laughs> so, Taft's work can be seen all over the country, including several statues around Chicago. Um, the most notable one is the Fountain of Time, the 1920 Fountain of Time, which features a similar hooded figure, more expi- more explicitly father time in this sculpture whereas the identity of the figure in the graves monument is not specified right. but it looks just like it like if you look it up it's like the same exact sculpture <laughs> which interestingly that fountain of time that lorado taft made yeah stands exactly in the spot where the statue of ike cook was supposed to be okay so Oh, wait, so which one did he... Wait, so, okay. So this Tarot, Lorado Taft made the sculpture that... Which one did he do first? The, the Father Time one. The Father one. Time one? Okay. So he he made After a the different statue for the spot where the horse yeah, statue was Yeah, but not supposed... for that family. He just made it for the city. Yeah, I know. And they put it there. Yeah. Wait, okay, wait. But you said... And then he made the same statue for... For this family who didn't want it. Right. <laughs> so, like, funny. he made it first. The city, I think, commissioned it. Yeah. And then they decided to put it where this horse was supposed to go. Yeah. That's good. And then they were like, and then he and was like. they're like, how about we have this guy make this thing for your, for the cemetery? But at this point, everyone in that family is, like, dead. So it's, like, the city making these decisions. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, um. The city first commissioned Taft for the fountain in 1913. Um, Oh, wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. This is actually, okay, so I have this actually quoted from Adam Selzer. Um, This is, the rest of this is all his own wording. Um, The city first commissioned Taft for the fountain in 1913. Could the similarities in the figures be a result of the city having used some of the grave's money? No connection seems to have been noted at the time, but it sure seems like there's a missing piece of the story someplace. I'm assuming that Graves already owned the plot at Graceland, and that his family remembers 
that his family members from the old city cemetery had been moved ages ago. Eternal Silence is a great work by a sculptor who was very famous, but I can't imagine it costs $250,000 to make. Because it was yeah. supposed to be a giant mausoleum for like $3 million or yeah. more. So there must have been money left over. This is one of my learn more files and another story to tell on cemetery strolls. Okay. Wait, okay. So when did they make, when was the Eternal Silence sculpture made? I need to find it. Uh, created in 1909. Okay, so this was before the Father Time one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they they commissioned this guy for the Eternal Silence sculpture, and then they he made the same sculpture for the city at Washington yeah. Park. <laughs> yeah, doesn't this all seem scary? Where did all the money go? The city stole the money and did not give them what they wanted at all. Why did they do Like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> where did where'd all the money go? <laughs> I guess the city just stole it, but... Yeah. And I used guess. it to build another statue yeah. that was supposed to be a horse. I know. I'm just mad that he didn't get anything he wanted. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad for the horse. Yeah, me too. I'm mad for this horse that it may or may not have been owned by this guy. Two and a half minute mile and didn't even get a statue that I was supposed to get. I know. Okay, so I have one more story, and this one gets confusing. It's really interesting, but there's a lot to follow here, so you gotta keep up, and even I can't keep up, so you gotta keep up. Yeah, that last one was confusing enough. Yeah, I know. This one is way more confusing, okay. but it's interesting. I will try to hold on, and I'll try to keep up and parse things as we go. Okay, so I have the story of Inez Clark. Inez Clark. So this grave uh, with the statue of a young girl is marked Inez. And, quote, daughter of J.N. and M.C. Clark, born September 20th, 1873, died August 1st, 1880. There is also, end quote, there is also a plaque stating the graves of John N. Clark and Mary C. Clark lie just to the north. So, this is a little, so it's like a statue of a little girl with like a little, like, closed umbrella. And then she's like sitting in a chair and then it has like a glass box encasing the statue or the sculpture of the little girl probably plastic box or plexiglass uh, yeah 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 um so legends of the little girl are there's lots of them okay um so one states that the little girl died when struck by lightning during a picnic or when locked outside during a thunderstorm oh. Uh, the statue also is said to disappear during thunderstorms because Inez is afraid of them since, you know, she was struck by lightning. Yeah. So, yeah. Good reason. Mm -hmm. One cemetery employee reportedly ran from the cemetery terrified when he found the glass case, it's glass, surrounding the statue empty. Uh, other reports say Inez died of tuberculosis and that the statue has been seen crying. Mm -hmm. Inez's spirit has also been reported to wander the cemetery being seen by other children. And this little girl is in, like, old clothing. Uh. So visitors often leave toys, stuffed animals, or coins on the monument for her. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, like, yeah, the main one is people, a lot of workers there claim that when it's raining, the box is empty. Ah, uh -huh. interesting. Well, that's interesting. And then a lot of other people say they see, like, a little girl running around in like old, old, very old style of dress. Uh-huh. 
But and okay. then they say that their kids like talk to this girl. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, there's a lot to it. So this is where it gets weird. Okay. So, according to the cemetery's record, records, there is no one by the name of Inez Clark buried in that cemetery. What? And how would you say this? Amos? Yeah, Amos. Amos Amos oh. Briggs and Amos Briggs is listed as being buried under the statue. Hmm. So, not Inez Clark and Amos Briggs. Next to an infant named Delbert Briggs. So remember those names. Remember Amos Briggs Amos and, and Delbert. Delbert Briggs. Not going to forget them. So, according to the 1880 census, no one living in Chicago at that time was named Inez Clark. Ooh. The Graceland Cemetery files also contain an affidavit issued in 1910 by Mary C. Clark, the one buried next to the, uh-huh. in the plot of the Inez Clark you know, right. the one next to him that you would assume is like the mom, mm-hmm. um, stating her daughter from her marriage to John N. Clark, the other grave, mm-hmm. was still alive and neither she nor her husband had any other children. Oh. So remember that one, too. I will. Some theorize that the statue was carved by, a, by the sculptor, Andrew Gaggle, as a sample of his work in order to elicit business. Mm-hmm. It was originally... In an, un- an unoccupied section of the cemetery, so the in- they, that's what people think, and uh-huh. the information and conclusion that follows is the result of gathering information from death, marriage, census, divorce, pension, and other genealogical records by author John Binder and historian William Willard. So that's one strong theory. Wait, what's that theory? That it's just a guy made this sculpture Okay. for, like, business. Okay. And just put it in a cemetery. Gotcha. Okay. Which is weird. Mm -hmm. So no one named Inez Clark died in Illinois prior to 1916. However, an Inez Briggs died in Chicago of diphtheria. Do you say diphtheria? Yeah. Yeah. Inez Briggs died in diphtheria, blah, 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 the same day listed on the monument of Inez Clark. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Amos Briggs, so an Inez Briggs, mm-hmm. died in Chicago on the same day as the on the statue. Okay. Uh, as, so, okay, and the Amos Briggs, okay, wait, wait, listed <laughs> on the monument of Inez Clark and the Amos Briggs noted on the record card. So the Amos Briggs actually buried underneath. Has the right date. Has the date of the statue, has the correct date of the statue and the death certificate oh, at the place. Inez Briggs. Okay. So and the- then the Inez Briggs they found in Chicago also has that same one. So there's an Inez Briggs and Amos A- Amos Briggs and an Inez Clark. Right. Inez Clark doesn't exist, though. As far as we can tell. Yes, but an Inez, an Inez Briggs dies, is real. An Inez Briggs died, and the person actually buried underneath that statue is named Amos Briggs, and he's actually in the records. Right. They're, okay. So they have. So they have. There's a statue. It says Inez Clark on it. Yes. It has a little girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, the records for the cemetery say there's a person named Amos Briggs that died, uh, that is buried there. Mm-hmm. Um, On the same day as the statue. So all the dates are correct. Right. I was, and then there's Sorry. also, but there's also an Inez Clark 
who who also died on that no, date. No, Inez Briggs. Right, Inez, Inez Clark Briggs. doesn't. I mean, and, so the, and Inez Briggs died on that day. There is an, the cemetery has records of an Amos Briggs being who died on that day being buried there. But there's a statue that says Inez Clark is buried there. Yeah. Got it. They so, all died on the same. Or they're yes. all supposed to. <laughs> they all, they're, something says each of them died on that date. Yeah. So the name Graceland was handwritten on her death certificate indicating her burial there. And Inez might sound like Amos. Inez Amos. When spoken. And Amos may have been accidentally written on the cemetery record. Yeah. And the cemetery card was transcribed in 1929. So Graceland has no record of anyone named Inez Briggs buried there, only an Amos Briggs. Also, no Amos Briggs is listed in the Illinois death records before 1916. Right. Okay. So Amos Briggs doesn't exist, but he's apparently buried there. Inez Briggs does exist. But there's no record of her being But there's being no buried. record of being buried there. But there's an Inez Clark on the name on the statue. Mm-hmm. But there's no record of an Inez Clark anywhere. Right, except on the statue. Except on the statue. So, Each of them has one thing saying that they exist and died on that day. Mm-hmm. Weird. The cemetery says it's Amos Clark. The cemetery records. The cemetery stone says Inez Clark. The, yeah. The state says Inez Briggs died. Is there? So, um, so this is the theory that there was just an error in transcribing the record. Yeah, that sounds and, right. Yeah. And it is probably Inez Clark. But, or Inez Briggs, I mean, yeah. So it, it does get weird because, like, remember how the Briggses or whatever, or the Clark lady, the people buried next to them are still named John N. Clark and Mary C. Clark. Right. So that would be Inez's, like, rel- parents of some sort. Mm-hmm. And they said that they didn't have any other children and that their only daughter is still was still, like, living at the time. At the time of, okay, but then, wait, at what time? Who, so, at the time that's on the so, tombstone, on the, or on the issued, statue? An affidavit issued in 1910, so after the girl had died. Okay. By Mary C. Clark, stating her daughter from her marriage to John N. Clark was still alive, and neither she nor her husband had any other children. So, at that time, there wasn't, at so at that time... There weren't graves for Mary and John Clark nearby then? No. Okay. But they were buried right next to this girl. Later on, they were buried next to her, and then it was added to the statue to say that they were buried there? Or wait. No. It doesn't say they're anything about to, they're them. They're just in the same plot. Oh, okay. Does it say a last name on the Inez st- statue? Inez Clark. Oh, it says... I, I thought earlier it just says, says Inez. No, it says Inez. Inez it. No, it says Inez Clark. Oh, okay. And then the other two people buried next to her says... Yeah, Mary and John John Clark. Clark. Got it. So this is where it all gets tricky, even though this is still... This has already been tricky enough. Mm -hmm. So in 1880, the U.S. Census shows Inez Briggs. So probably the little girl, Inez Briggs. There's more evidence that an Inez Briggs existed. Yes, and we're assuming Amos Briggs was transcribed wrong and it was actually supposed to be inez briggs got it so the u.s census shows inez briggs living with her grandparents david r robrock and jane mcclure robrock okay in chicago all other sources have the name spelled rothrock 
but it's Jane and David Rob Throck. Rob, Rob Rock. Rob Rock. Okay. In the 1880 census. Yep. So the Rob Rocks are buried next to Delbert Briggs, which is the one buried next to Amos Briggs. Okay. In the in the record. So is the one buried next to Inez Clark. Okay, so all okay. So the this would, we should have okay, found this before I we went like gone to the place so I could picture this better. So We tried. You anyway. have I know, and we couldn't find it. So there's Inez Clark buried on one side of them and there's the statue. Yeah. Underneath it it says is buried Amos Briggs. Next to that no, on one side. Uh, it says Inez Clark. Yeah, I know. And then in the records, it yes, says it says Amos Briggs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so then on one side next to it, it has Mary and John Clark. Yes. And then on the other side of it, it has Delbert Briggs buried next to it. Delbert Briggs. Delbert yeah, yeah, Briggs. Yeah. And then next to that is where the Rothrocks are buried. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh,. So the the Robrocks were married in 1872. Mm-hmm. So in 1880, there was a fourth person living with the Robrocks and and Inez Briggs. So yes, because Inez Briggs was living with her grandparents, the Robrocks. Okay. Okay. Got it. So there was a fourth person living with them. Um, called and his name was Philander McClure, the son of Mrs. Robrock. From a previous marriage and stepson of Mr. Robrock. In the, 18, in, a, in the 1860 census, Jane McClure and her previous husband, Amos, who died, <laughs> yeah, di- who died during the Civil War, lived in Michigan. They had a son, Philander, with the correct age and birthplace and a five-year-old uh, daughter named Mary. Mary McClure, who is about the same age as Mary C. Clark. Okay. The one. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, David R. Rothrock, mm-hmm. the, yes, was divorced from his first wife, Sarah, in 1872. He claimed Sarah deserted him. Later, Sarah claimed David had run off with Jane McClure, who kept a brothel in Michigan. So he and Jane eventually moved to Chicago. So this is David and Jane Rob Rock? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. This is David and Jane Rob Rock. Okay. Um, so Jane McClure Rob Rock is just like, I guess, her other, her other married name and then Rob Rock. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. The daughter of Jane Okay, so the daughter of Jane McClure, Mary M. McClure, married Wilbur N. Briggs in 1872 in Cook County, Illinois, about one year before Inez was born. Okay. So the theory that M.C. Clark is the daughter slash stepdaughter of Jane and David and Jane Robrock makes the evidence proving Inez Briggs was her daughter. Okay. Because her name would have been Mary briggs yeah once she got married to the briggs guy right so then she would have had a daughter named inez briggs but her name was mary c clark no her (laughs) name was her name was mary mcclure before then yeah yeah and then briggs okay okay 
1880, John N. Clark married Mary C. Briggs. We need a flow chart. I know. So John N. Clark married Mary C. Briggs to make them Mary C. Clark, which would be the two people next to whatever. Oh, okay. So, so this is the same Mary. Oh, okay. So they had a daughter, Beatrice N. Clark, in 1881, whose mother's maiden name is listed as McClure. In the marriage record of da- Jane and David Robrock, they are listed as parents of Mary C. Briggs. Okay, so Mary, so Mary Clark is the same. Okay, so Mary Clark was married to John to or to David Briggs, right? Yeah. And then he died, and she married Mr. Clark. So she was McClure. Then she married Briggs. Then she married Clark. No, I believe her maiden name is Clark. No. No. Mm-mm-mm-mm. What? <laughs> no. That's not what you said. Okay, you're probably right then. <laughs> okay, hang on. Let me finish this and then we can... Okay. We'll... In 1882, the city directory lists the residences of both David R. Rothrock and J- John N. Clark as the same. This continues for three addresses over the next years. The fact that the families lived and are buried together with the word mother on Jane Rothrock's headstone, along with the evidence in the public records, proves that Mary C. Clark was formerly Mary McClure slash Mary Briggs and the mother of Inez Briggs. So Delbert Briggs, buried next to Inez, is apparently the brother of Inez. However... Mary C. Clark, remember, denied the existence of both Inez and Delbert, the reason of which will probably never be known, but is a mystery. While she stated neither of the Clarks had children from previous marriages, the birth record of daughter Beatrice Clark indicates she is the third child of Mary Clark. Based on the available information, the person buried beneath the beautiful statue in Graceland is almost certainly Inez Briggs. But the mom denied uh, that that's her child. Okay. Okay. I think. Okay. I'm starting to understand it. <laughs> yeah. So basically, okay. her name was. So the 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 lady. Yeah. She just didn't want to. She didn't want to acknowledge that she had children from a pre- previous marriage, or that she had had kids out of wedlock or something i don't know yeah that's probably what it is but yeah maybe, yeah so the I don't know. jane or the john n clark so the mary c clark so her name was mary c briggs mm-hmm. so that's when she would have had inez in a previous marriage or in a blah blah, blah. so her name would have been inez clark or inez briggs mm-hmm. but you know she denied both of the kids with the last name briggs ever having them but uh right got it so okay. I don't know why they put Inez Clark on the statue. Maybe the parents well, were like, "You need to put Clark on there." Yeah, or that was put in after. Or they know. assumed the last name yeah. was Clark, so they put Inez Clark. Mm-hmm. But it's still weird that an Inez Briggs is not stated. It's an Amos Briggs, but there's also an Amos Briggs in this story. Uh... So remember when I said. In 1860, in the 1860s census, Jane McClure and her previous husband, Amos. Amos was, uh, 
Who? He died in the Civil War and lived in Michigan. Uh, was, are you sure that's not Amos McClure? Who's Amos McClure? His last name being McClure. Yeah. Yeah, his name would have been Amos McClure. Okay. But, like, why would they accidentally mix up Amos and Inez just randomly? It seems weird. Because there is an Amos in this story that's just Maybe someone was... Maybe maybe there was... Because Amos, if it was completely random and they were like, oh, transcribing whatever, Amos sounds like Inez or whatever... Or that's how it was transcribed. But then there's an Amos in the story. Maybe they were transcribing it and, like, someone was... Maybe one of... Maybe Mary was, like, losing it in her old age and she was just rambling about Amos or Jane was rambling or something. They were just getting the names all mixed up, either themselves or for the person they were trying, they were talking to who was doing the writing. Yeah, I don't know. It's a mystery, Harry. I know it's a mystery. Did you like it? Yeah. That's all I, did. I got. Did you like those? Yeah, I did. It was a mind boggle. Mm-hmm. A mind, a mind boggle. Curious. Isn't it, though? Mm-hmm. Like, who is this little girl? No one knows. She doesn't exist. She doesn't exist. She does not exist. No. She's not there. No. She's not there. So my story's turned into more of like, oh, the history of this is kind of cooler but they were all kind of conspiracy theory related. They were all kind of like, what happened here? Yeah, there are mysteries. mysteries. They're mysterious. They are mysteries, yeah. Yeah, more mysteries than like conspiracy theories. But there were like theories to go with the mysteries. So sure. that's what it was. But they started with like ghost stories. They're both like ghosty. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think it's good. All right, we got to end this because this is long. too long. It's long and I'm tired. Yeah, I'm tired too. All right. Um... Thank you for listening, people. Thank you. We love you. Mm-hmm. I love you. 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 Anyway, I've been Harry. I'm still Carly. And this has been... Known Unknowns. It ain't easy being cheesy. Because it's weird out there. Bye. Bye.